Welcome to the Echo Cast, episode 63. I am Bond Diesel, your host, your hostess with the mostest, or the mediumist, or the leastest. I don't know, whatever. This is a Division 2, for the most part, podcast. We talk about Division stuff. We talk about Division community. And this week, we're going to talk a little bit about E3. So today, we will have State of the Game recap, new specialization, talk a little bit about the 3.1 patch and title update for possible changes, PTS, all that good stuff. Some E3 hopes, a Ghost Recon breakpoint, mini rant, and banning in the division, as well as a couple listener questions. So if you want to uh, support, if you want to help out, if you want to give me an excuse to Bay Diesel to continue doing this stuff uh, and support some other stuff I do, uh, check out patreon.com slash the echo cast and gain some exclusive rewards and early access to this podcast when I record it on time and other content. Okay, so stay of the game recap. This week we had Hamish and the lovely Frederick Thylander. Uh, Frederick talked a lot about the new gunner specialization. Um, it uses a new mini gun. And the idea of it is to fulfill kind of a power fantasy of just standing up and tanking damage and firing a giant gun real fast. I haven't played the PTS, but from what I've seen, it fulfills that pretty well. Uh, the minigun is the game's first heavy weapon, um, as Thylander talked about. Uh, and what's unique about it compared to every other gun in the game is it cannot be fired from cover and you can't sprint while you have it out and equipped. Um, the, the specialization also gets a, a bonus that's like a pulse-ish effect that's kind of a wedge in front of you. Um, and depending on whether it's NPCs or other players like in PvP, um, it, it either disorients or confuses them. Um, for the PV, um, PvE, it basically gets uh, enemies out of cover so you can melt them down. Uh, the extra little thing about this new specialization class, which is called the Gunner, is that you get a riot foam grenade. So there you go. That's the new specialist. That seems like it's one of the big, big, big things um, that's in the PTS and that they're testing for 4.0 for title update 4. Um, one big thing they talked about <clears throat> around this time was about how uh, feedback is great. Uh, and but it really needs to be posted on the forums if it wants to be if you want it to be tracked and really checked out by the devs and stuff like that um, on the forums on the official forums they have a system where when you put in something it goes to a queue and gets looked at and prioritized and stuff like that if you send stuff <clears throat> to them on twitter reddit twitch chat they may notice it. It may creep into the back of their heads, but there's no like official way to make sure that that actually gets seen and gets looked at. So if you just have an opinion, you know, any of those routes are fine. But if you really have a bug or a significant issue or even just ideas about balancing and stuff like that, the forums really are the best place. Uh, they did make a big change in the PTS uh, and potentially with the live game to skill trees in general. 
where now um, like damage and you know bonuses for uh, different types of guns. <clears throat> I'm really sorry. I keep coughing. Are um, not stuck to certain specializations and certain weapon classes anymore. In theory, you can use any weapon with any specialization now. Though there will still be little extra bonuses, um, such as like one specialization may have a attachment that works best for one type of weapon, but you know, like a like the scopes and stuff like that. <clears throat> the um, signature ammo is getting a big change, uh, where now uh, in the current game it just kind of randomly drops and it doesn't really seem to make any sense. Uh, in uh, the title update 4, we're expecting to have a signature ammo bar. It's a series of hashes beside your UI. Um, that, And as it fills up, once it fills, uh, specialization ammo will drop. So you're going to be able to see, like, oh, hey, some ammo is about to drop. And you'll know what's going on. This will be impacted by you killing enemies, using your skills, um, accomplishing different things. But when you're in a group, uh, your your teammates will also help you gain um, and I believe there's even some skill tree stuff that is incorporated into that, where your teammates can do specific actions that will give everyone else um, you know, more progress towards getting specialization ammo or signature ammo. I think that's a really good thing. I think having a very clear indication of what's going on with that is really important, and I think it's going to improve the experience quite a bit. Speaking of improving the experience, the TAC-50 and Crossbow are both going to receive significant buffs um, and damage, uh, the crossbow specifically seems like it's going to get a buff in armor damage. So um, it's a it's a go-to to knock off armor off of like big heavies and stuff like that. They notice that the minigun and the grenade launcher um, are quite a bit more powerful and useful. They want to bring that in line. And in case anyone's playing the PTS, uh, that change is not included. So if you use the TAC-50 right now, it's still pretty weak. But um, they're expecting to make it much, much more uh, useful uh, when the when Title Update Four comes around. Um, they did talk about how um, they are really invested in making skill builds more useful and impactful. Uh, they want to make them as as easy of a choice as a DPS or even a tanky build, which is getting more popular. They also reinforced again that there are PvP changes coming. Um, and, and they want to make that experience more significant um, and more fun for people. Uh, but they didn't give any like clear details. And I'm kind of wondering if that's going to be a, a later date type of thing. But we will have to wait and see. Um, they did, uh, Thylander did specifically talk a little bit about some pieces of exotic gear people are finding. I believe that you can find um, uh, blueprints for it in the game, uh, in the PTS. And uh, apparently there's a holster. He talked about knee pads, I think, but I don't think anyone has found those. So he may, be, he may have uh, let loose maybe a little detail or maybe not. I have no idea. And uh, yeah, so I'm excited. That's, that's fun. Um, the idea of maybe having some exotic gear. Uh, I believe the holster that has been found um, gives some pretty big um, bonuses to using a pistol and may make using a, um, like a pistol build way more viable and and that was about it so this one wasn't super crazy um but it was another kind of a deep dive with a dev um, this is a dev that should be familiar to most people at least most people who were involved in the first game frederick is great um, i speak to him relatively often and i actually 
got to meet him at E3 last year. Uh, so shout out to all the Ubisoft star players. Uh, have fun. I uh, very much enjoyed my trip last year, and I'm very jealous this year. The um, uh, Frederick's really cool, and and I really enjoyed my time getting to talk to him and kind of hear um, a lot of his justifications and thoughts and stuff like that about decisions they made in the first game, uh, and even getting to hear some stuff um, about what they were uh, you know, going to do with the second game since we are under a lovely NDA. Um, I, I think that the improving of the specialized weapons is a big deal. It, it's almost kind of a meme at this point that the specialization weapons are kind of useless. The grenade launcher is pretty good, um, but I, I mean, the crossbow is pretty anemic and the TAC-50 is significantly worse um, than the Nemesis, you know, the exotic rifle. So, it, you know, it shouldn't be that way. And it seems like they're going to address it, which I think is really important. Um, the big mod changes I forgot to even mention was how there's no longer uh, generic mods won't work on the high-end gear anymore. So for everyone who leveled up a level 19 character and farmed, unfortunately, that that's no longer a thing. But they are changing the mod system where they don't have like the protocol mods and stuff like that, where if you have a if you have a blue mod, it will fit into a blue slot. Uh, and it even appears that uh, on the UI, uh, when you're in the overall view of your build, you can see what type of mods you have as well. So if you have, you know, a talent on a gun that only can use so many mods of a certain type, you can see where they are and you can kind of fool with it that way. But yeah, making it so, you know, blue mods go in blue spots and red mods go in red spots and not having this kind of overly convoluted system, I think is going to be a really nice change for most people and will make more builds a little more viable. Uh, and then knowing that there's new gear coming, stuff like that, I, I really hope that there's more, you know, more things with you. Know, I hope for some new guns, I may or may not have, you know, chirped into an ear and said, hey, you know, everyone misses the lightweight M4. I'm glad that the lightweight M4 and the LVOAC are rifles. I think they're fine there. I'd like them to be a little more useful, but I get it. But give us like a, <clears throat> if you ever notice that the M1A, I think the MK16 have like a SOCOM variant. So I was like, you know, hey, you know, maybe throw us a SOCOM variant of an M4. You know, fully auto, you know, something like a P416, but, you know, more of a, the look of an M4 like we think of when you type in, uh, you know, uh, like Navy SEAL M4 or something. You know, it's what everyone thinks of. It's the Call of Duty 4, you know, M4 that, you know, the the the... The spec, the spec ops M4 that everyone thinks of. So I think that'd be really cool. Um, I know we got an M4 with the with the raid as a reward. Um, it, it's a little goofy for me, the eagle and all that. It's neat. It's a cool gun. Uh, but you know, I, I want some kind of cool, like gritty looking uh, lightweight M4 that we can deck out with attachments and stuff. So we'll see if that finds its way through. But good save of the game. I'm glad they're keeping up with them. Getting devs on there, I think, is really important. It puts uh, faces to names and faces to decisions. And um, while it may not always result in fun um, interactions, I think it is good for people to, to see who these people are and maybe, you know, get real crazy and remember that they are people. Uh, for, any, for Division news, um, I have kind of a mix. It's mostly just talking about um, my, my kind of final E3 predictions and hopes. Uh, you know, you'll probably hear this uh, after E3 has started, and I won't record another one until after it's over. So, um, from Division Two, I'm really hoping that we 
it gives a pretty significant tease and maybe even a deep dive into the first DLC. Um, I think that one thing to remember is that with the DLCs with Division 2, it won't be like Division 1 where with Division 1, it was just kind of like uh, the first DLC is a mode. So whether it was survival or underground or whatever, it, it seems like these, at least the way they've portrayed these DLCs for Division 2, is it's going to be like a, a, a almost like a feature set like here's a new mode here's a new map area to play in here's new you know gear and weapons and here's some new story missions here's some more lore we're pushing the story forward i think we're going to see like this the castle settlement return as a as a settlement uh and and i assume we'll have to do some story arc to get people back in there which i think would be really cool so i just hope that we kind of get you know at least a very you know subtle dive into all of that stuff and um, I, I don't expect that we'll, we'll hear about that until Monday uh, when they do the Ubisoft conference, but we'll, uh, we'll have to wait and see. Um, for Xbox, as someone who's an Xbox fan, um, I'm really excited to see, obviously, stuff about the next-gen system. I more than likely will buy one, probably the day it comes out. And um, what I'm, I'm really excited to hear about some, some exclusive games. Um, I'm, I'm biased, so you know I understand if you're a PlayStation player and you don't agree, um, or if you're a PC player and you don't care about the conversation. But I mean, I really do think Xbox. I mean, I think Xbox is the significantly superior system in every way, but exclusive games. Um, but I think exclusive games uh, are probably the most important thing when you're deciding which system to buy. So there's a good reason why the Xbox has sold, I think, like 40 or 50 million Xboxes in this gen. And I believe the PlayStation 4 has passed 100 million. So they, they handily smacked Microsoft this time. And, and, and I think that the main reason um, is just they're, the games that you can only play on PlayStation are amazing. There's you know, 10, 15, 20 of them. Uh, and the exclusives for the Xbox One... I almost can't think of any besides like Halo and Halo 5 was kind of universally lauded for not being that good. I don't think Gears is as big of a pull as people think it is anymore or as it used to be at least. So um, I, I get, I think, you know, Sony very handily won this gen um, and I really would like to see Xbox finally push back. They've bought a bunch of big, you know, new studios. They, you know, they, they should, you know, this E3 needs to at least show like, hey, here's, four or five exclusives that you are going to really want an Xbox for. Now, what I'm really curious about, and it kind of blends into that, is X-Play, and if they're going to talk more about it. Because we have the Stadia, you know, it was, was you know, had their big show, and people are having all those arguments now about whether or not, um, you know, the, the, the Stadia, that whole deal is, is, uh, is, going to be useful for most people i'm i'm not a big fan of that whole system i don't see myself enjoying that experience even though i have like a really good internet setup but what xplay is interesting uh, for me is that it seems like xbox is really making a push that your xbox and if you have a pc it, it just really feels like they're they're going to try to blend those two worlds which for pc players is a big deal because you know Sony is not going to put their exclusive games on the PC. You aren't going to play The Last of Us 2 on PC. At least I highly doubt it. So as good as the PlayStation exclusives are, 
you know, there's a there's a large player base that won't ever get to touch them on PC because they don't want to play on console uh, and they aren't going to come to PC. So if games like the new Halo Infinite, if the new Gears, if any new the Forzas and stuff like that are really, really good, you're going to be able to play them on PC. And hopefully there's cross save and stuff like that. Like for me, I would love to be able to sit down on my laptop downstairs and stream my Xbox to that and play while I'm hanging out with my wife. And then when she's busy, you're gone. I can come up to my computer and play it in even better fidelity. Um, or if I'm at you know work on lunch break and then we have a decent internet connection, I can pull out my phone and pull out a little controller and, you know, knock out some dailies on division two while I'm at work, you know, that kind of stuff. I'm, I'm not really sold on stadia because at the end of the day, it's just a new platform. The idea of X-Play for me, for someone who has PC and Xbox, if it really does create one ecosystem of being able to play games on PC, play the same games on console, and play the same games streaming off-site, I think that's a big deal, and I really hope that we get a whole lot more information about that. Uh, From Ubisoft to Beyond Division 2, I I hope that we hear about some things that aren't expected quite yet. A few things have leaked, so I'll try to leave that out. Um, you know, everyone wants Splinter Cell. Uh, you know, apparently there's like a Breath of the Wild type game that's supposed to be coming out. So I'm curious about that. Um, so Breakpoint. So before I recorded this, I noticed that there were a few videos that appear to, you know, be legit. And um, and, and it looks like, I mean, they have to be allowed under NDAs and stuff like that. So, um, so I can't talk about the alpha test for Ghost Recon Breakpoint. There's a five-year NDA on it. Um, and that's that. But what I can talk about is things I've seen in gameplay now that they've released. And the one thing I'll, I'll focus on is if you watch that gameplay, there's health bars, which seems to indicate that they've made Ghost Recon into like an RPG. And... Like, I wasn't a big fan of Wildlands. I thought it was way too goofy, that they casualized it a lot, that it just felt, it just didn't feel like a Ghost Recon game to me. I've been playing Ghost Recon since before it was Ghost Recon. The first Ghost Recon was really kind of a mod for the old Rainbow Six games. Or not a mod, but like a side project, or it's hard to say what it was, but it was really cool. And where where old black, uh, or a... I was going to say Blackthorn, which is an old Rainbow Six expansion. But the old Rainbow Six game was a highly super tactical, mostly PvE experience, but it did have PvP as well. And But it was all always like you were a, you know, a SWAT team going into a building, saving hostages, killing terrorists, and that was it. Where the first Ghost Recon took that idea and expanded it into big open fields, and you know vehicles and rocket launchers and it just made it bigger and so you know i played the ghost recon games through you know that all the way to future soldier which has is probably still my favorite ghost recon even though i've really enjoyed all of them i thought the ghost recon advanced warrior games were actually really hard and while i enjoyed them they, they probably weren't my favorite just because i wasn't they were just hard but future soldier to me felt like a really good balance between you know hard and tactical and fun um, if you if you ever get to play Future Soldier, or if you ever did, uh, and you're a Division fan, which I assume you are, if you're listening to this, um, Ghost Recon Future Soldier, who was which was made by Red Storm, and it was basically a precursor to the Division. 
the way the skills work, the way the cover system works, even the like the the, the gunplay and stuff is just so similar. It, it, even just the movement of the characters is so similar, and you can you can definitely see Red Storm's influence in that. And, and I don't know if they actually did have influence directly, but man, it sure feels like it. So then Wildlands came out, and um, it was no longer Red Storm because Red Storm was on the division. So they gave it to Ubisoft Paris, and it just feels like Wildlands to me always just felt like what someone who never really played Ghost Recon would think Ghost Recon should be if you made it open world, which the old ones weren't. And it just it just isn't. It was a bummer, and I really hope that Breakpoint was going to maybe take some of the advances, the open world, and some of that stuff of Wildlands and turn it and, and, and push it maybe back towards Future Soldier a bit, feeling a little bit more gritty, a bit more realistic, a bit more that style. And from what we've seen in these trailers, I mean, obviously, you know, the, the gameplay footage that they're going to allow everyone to see is, you know, going to look good, of course. Um, but doing things like health bars, I, I want to be real careful about what I talk about, but that going that direction, making it less realistic, making it, you know, Doing that kind of thing, I think that's just a bad idea. And what really annoys me even more so is that that first trailer they showed for the game, which was, you know, quote unquote, you know, gameplay footage, was not. I mean, it, it was. I'm sure it was in engine. But they really, they made, that first trailer that came out made it look like it was going to be this gritty, realistic game again. And it, at least from this little thing that we've seen, this, you know, 10, 15 minutes of gameplay footage, it really just goes back and set, and it kind of seems like they're just going to double down on taking the game even less seriously than Wildlands. I hope I'm wrong. I, I I'll play the beta, and if I'm wrong, I'll change my mind and I'll um I'll 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 toot a different tune. But um, ugh, Breakpoint, I'm afraid it's going to be a bummer, man. And just because the guy from Walking Dead is in it and he has a real deep raspy voice, um. Hopefully there's more story in this one because the story in Wildlands was garbage. Um, it was just the least interesting thing I've ever experienced in my, even worse than like Division and stuff and actual in-game gameplay storytelling in my opinion. Um, it's just rough. So I'll be curious to uh, how that goes. I, I have to say my hype has been broken quite a bit on Breakpoint, um, but we'll have to wait and see. I, I'll try not to do a final judgment until I get to touch it. Uh, in the beta phase. Um, some other things, uh, Age of Empires 4 is actually something I'm really hoping we hear some uh, from, from Microsoft. Um, Age of Empires is one of my oldest gaming loves, uh, right up there with Rainbow Six and stuff like that. Um, Anno 1800 by Ubisoft came out recently, and it's really, really good, but it's a little more in-depth um, than Age of Empires probably will be, um, where Age of Empires is just kind of pick it up and play, and Anno 1800 is like, you know, 15 hours later, you're still building your town and you don't know what year it is anymore in, in the best way. So um, if it means anything, Age of Empires, uh, I had almost 5,000 hours in Division 1. I can almost guarantee that Age of Empires, I have way more hours than that. Uh, it's also been out a lot longer, but Age of Empires 2 was, uh, was my thing. So obviously there's tons of other games and there's lots of other stuff that's going to happen at E3. I'm excited about all of it. At the end of the day, even when there's stuff that I don't personally care for, or I'm not really that interested in. Um, I still really like seeing all this stuff because you can really kind of gather where the industry is going and stuff like that. 
Um, I think that the industry is going to push really hard, this whole streaming future and stuff like that. I, I really think that's going to end up being one of those. I'm afraid that streaming video games is going to be the 3D TVs of this gen where everyone thought that, you know, every, every TV was going to be 3D by 2020. And now I don't even know if they sell 3D TVs anymore because <laughs> um, you had to wear glasses and there was all this like side stuff and it wasn't really as good as everyone, you know, kind of made it out to be and wasn't really accessible for everyone. And I have that a feeling this Stadia thing is going to be something similar, but I also believe that it is going to push games forward. Um, I saw an article today that basically said Microsoft and Xbox are going to work together on this infrastructure stuff so that they can fight off Google and Stadia. Uh, so if, if Google can do this project, even if they don't stick with it and make Microsoft and Xbox work together or hint Microsoft and Sony work together in a gaming way, I'll take that as progress there. There's that. And here's the smooth transition into mid roll time. Okay. So for a couple of community topics and discussion, uh, then we'll do some questions and I'll wrap up some, some content updates. Um, so the, the title update 3.1 rollout, um, it seems like overall the patch has been good. Um, I've seen reports, people talking about the AI still doesn't seem right and stuff like that. They did say it wouldn't be completely fixed quote unquote until title update four. Um, I felt like it was fine. I didn't notice, you know, enemies blindly running straight past me to try to get behind me and stuff. I haven't played a ton, but I've, I've put in a few hours and I haven't noticed anything too awful, but that may just be because I haven't played enough. Um, it seems like a good step towards title update four. Um, they're getting things worked out. I, I really do think that they've been really clear with us. Um, I think if you look at the way that communication happens and basically every other game. Um, I think the only game that really does communication better than the division is probably Warframe. And if you know anything about their structure, uh, the way that their, you know, their whole thing works is of course they do because they're basically independent and they publish themselves. Um, kind of the way destiny is starting to look a little bit, even though I still think they're not quite as transparent as, you know, maybe they will be in the future. Um, and so I, you know, I think, you know, they're acknowledging a lot of things. It, it, it kind of grinds my gears a little bit. I see a lot of people talking about like, you know, they're ignoring, you know, PVP, they're doing all this stuff. They're not ignoring it. I see them acknowledge that stuff all the time, just because they don't have, you know, the, 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 the golden goose answer for you yet. Um, doesn't mean they're ignoring what's going on. It just means they just don't have an answer yet. Uh, and when they do, I'm sure they'll be happy to give it to us. So, uh, you know, that's just kind of my outlook on it. But, you know, I understand not everyone's going to feel the same. Um, but I do think people have a good point about, you know, PvP being, I mean, borderline dead at this point. Um, I'll still argue till my grave that uh, I still think PvP in this game has way more potential than the first game ever had. Um, it's really kind of annoyed me. It's kind of nipped at me to see people already asking for things like burst healing to be back and because apparently that meant that people had skill <laughs> or whatever. Um, I, I think that they do need to stick with it, with their vision of what PVP is going to be in this game. But I also think that they need to realize that right now. And I think they do realize that PVP isn't like even like attractive to anyone at this point, uh, people who are in the PVP and people who aren't. And I think that there should be some goal to get both of those people into it. Ideally. Um, and you know, I've seen complaints about, 
you know, loot and, you know, just the grind in general and builds and stuff like that. And I think, you know, I have good reason to believe they understand that those things aren't great. You know, they acknowledged it in the state of the game this week. And and I think they're going to make a push towards that. You know, there's things like it's, it is a weird situation where like, I will still argue that the division two is a better game than the division one. I, I really, I talked about this last week, so I won't go deep into it again, but I think it's like kind of weird to, to not at least agree with that. That said, despite the fact that there's way more things to do, there's way more variety of things to do, you know, you know, between, you know, the, the contracts and, and all that stuff, you know, there's so much you can do, but they, it does feel like there's like something missing, you know, like, and, and it's hard, you know, I'm not smart enough to put my finger on it. Um, but you know, I, I play, I play almost every day, but I don't play every day for three or four hours. I play every day for like 30 minutes to an hour, um, to knock out, you know, some, knock out some projects and get some, you know, blueprints, maybe knock out a couple missions, maybe take some, some screenshots and stuff like that. Um, but I'm definitely not investing the time. Like I was, I'm also really busy with other stuff. So, you know, I don't think my experience is necessarily representative of everyone. I think I have over 250 hours already, which is not very many compared to some, but probably a lot more than many. And, um, I, I really do think they have their, their finger more on the pulse of how people feel that maybe they get credit for. Um, I get why maybe people don't always feel that way, but if they spent every stay of the game and every waking moment on social media, you know, acknowledging every single person's concerns and complaints, nothing would ever get done. So I'm, I, th- I think 3.1 was a great step. I'm really excited for 4.0. I, I'm curious to if 4.0 is the next DLC or if that's going to be like a title update 5. Um, we'll have to see. I suspect that it, it will be different. It'll be separate so that they can get title update 4 stuff out. And then whatever crazy stuff they're going to introduce in title update 5 or with the first DLC, you know, things will be kind of leveled out and then we get some new content. So we'll have to wait and see. The second little topic here is talking about warnings and bans. As we know in 3.1, if people were using the armor glitch, they received like a, basically a warning um, from the devs saying, hey, if you abuse any glitches or if you do anything ever again, um, you will be banned. Um, so I think that's good. You know, there was the armor exploit that was going on before 3.1. Supposedly there's another exploit that's out there right now. I won't go into it because I don't think it helps anybody. Um like I get why if your experience has been ruined by people doing this stuff, you want them banned, you want them gone forever, you want them, you know, their account removed, you know, take their hundred dollars and throw it down the drain. The the problem is with a game like Division is that um while I, I get that lust for blood, um it's not a competitive game. And if you look at the history of how they've treated, you know, cheaters and, and, and exploiters and stuff like that cheaters as far as we know they've banned a bunch of them you know they don't release those numbers so we aren't positive um but exploitation of of things i mean i've said very clearly that i would love to see people get punished really severely for you know exploiting loot caves and stuff like that um so that so that turns into a situation i talk about a lot you know what do we want and what do we actually expect but what i would like is for when people exploit the game that they get relatively severely punished for it what I expect is for them to be warned lightly. And the reason I expect that is because that's the way that they've always done it, especially with with exploits. So yeah, sure. I would love to see people punished severely, but I'm also not going to throw a fit when they aren't because that just has never been massive style. And 
I think it's fine to express your opinion about that. Uh, but to, you know, you, know, you aren't going to tell them what to do. <laughs> I, I can, I can rest. I, I can, you can be rest assured <laughs> um, that, that they will not do what you want them to do just because you say so. So, you know, I think that's kind of an interesting thing. I think that's a way to, you know, something to think about when, uh, when you see this stuff, you know, hopefully they're figuring out some of these exploits and stuff like that. And I mean, it does seem like they've been faster to react with a lot of it than they were in the first game, but it's just until you have millions of people playing the game, it's just hard to find all those things. And then it takes time to fix them. So if you find stuff or if you know about stuff, tell the people who need to know. Uh, we have two listener questions this week. We have one from Nitro that says, if you were to create another game inside the Tom Clancy universe and a different game genre to the ones that exist to date, uh, what genre would you choose and where would it be set? So um, this might not answer your question as exactly as you would like, but one game I've always thought would be really cool in the Tom Clancy universe would be a division game, go figure, but it would be in a turn-based style of XCOM. And the reason I think that'd be cool is because I've watched that game be played quite a bit. I've actually never played it, but I've played games that are similar. Um, Ubisoft actually has a game like this. That's the Mario and Rabbids game. And um, with the division, with the cover system, with the way that works, with the team-based stuff, with the skill usages and the gun usage and and all of that, I think you can make such a cool turn-based game with the division as a base. Um, So I would love to see something like that. Um, another idea I had um, was something along. I would love to see a real-time strategy again come from Ubisoft. Uh, they they used to have um, World in Conflict, which was a really cool one back in the day. And I would love to see them do that again. Now I talked about Anno eighteen hundred, but that's like that's more like that's almost like The Sims. Not really. I don't know. That's more of like a city building game that happens to have combat mechanics. I would like to see a straight up you know, medium paced, you know, build your city or build your castle or whatever, something from, um, you know, basically a world in conflict, but in the Tom Clancy universe. So, you know, this time you're using, you know, tanks and, you know, you're there, there's some big conflict in a Tom Clancy type of story that is bigger than just a squad of soldiers fighting in in the shadows, you know? So real time strategy, turn-based fighting, I would like to see it. Would I even play it? I don't know. But I think those would be two kind of cool things to see. Uh, Seamaster asked, "Um, I know it's a long way until Division 3. Yes. (laughs) But what city would you like to see as the next location? So so my answer (laughs) um, is that I would wonder if a Division 3 is even going to just be based in one city. Um, It's going to be on next-gen hardware in theory. Uh, there, there should be more capabilities and, and more to do and more that's able to be done. Um, and I will say before I answer like a location is I um, in- initially resisted this idea and I've actually come to the point where I'm, I'm all in now, whether it was a spinoff or if it was a straight division three, I would actually be okay if they gave it the Tomb Raider treatment, if they gave it, the last of us treatment if they made it just a straight up single player game with like a 30 hour campaign where it's all highly you know there'd be some maybe open world elements maybe there'd be some you know lots of you know ability to still make your own choices maybe even select your own gear and and have still some of the rpg elements 
But man, I would love to see just a straight up, really interesting single player story come from the division rather than be so worried about in game. That said, um, I'd be really interested to see what they would do with the two other locations. So when they picked DC, they actually had in mind Seattle and New Orleans as well. Um, both would be really cool. Seattle would be interesting just because of a new setting um, in, in the West Coast. Um, New Orleans would be interesting because if you remember Division 1 was highly, you know, a lot of the issues that New York City had in Division 1, they learned from Hurricane Sandy, which was a hurricane that hit New York City directly, which almost never happens. And um, with New Orleans, uh, you know, a similar thing happened back in the day. Uh, when a hurricane hit New Orleans directly and broke a bunch of the levees and, 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 you know, the city's still recovering from it in some ways. And so they would get, they would be able to have a lot of inspiration, um, to what would happen in New Orleans if it went down. Um, New Orleans also is just, you know, it's a, it's a much different place than DC and New York city. And I think they could do some really, really cool stuff. And in the little bit of concept footage we saw it, uh, that we saw was really, really cool. Um, beyond that, uh, you know, there's some coastal cities in California, I think would be interesting. Um, you know, something that's interesting about like New York city and DC is that, uh, you know, they both go through extreme weather and, uh, things can get really rough. Well, if you think about like San Diego, uh, or San Francisco and places like that, they don't go through those extreme bouts of weather and in, in, and in some ways living would be a lot easier there, even through one of these crazy conflicts and you know, mass disasters. So I think that'd be interesting. And then Chicago, Chicago is always going to be something I would love to see. Um, it's a local city. I live, you know, within a day's drive of Chicago and um, you could almost bring back that New York feel. You could even do it in winter, bring back the snow um, but but really have it in a new place. Like I can't imagine. It'd be so cool to explore like Lincoln Park in in a division game. So so yeah. So there's your answer, Seamaster. Uh, thank you and Nitro very much for asking. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to drop it either in my Discord. There should be a link. Um, you can ask me on Twitter. You can ask me on YouTube comments. Uh, you know, you can DM me on Twitter. Whatever. You know, just let me know if you have questions or topics. Happy to answer them. Uh, a couple of content updates. Uh, we will be doing a Bay Diesel, Baby Diesel shower stream. Uh, I figured out how to make an Amazon wish list work, so we'll throw some stuff on there if people want to participate and hang out. Um, I'm trying to figure out two or three different games that her and I can play uh, either together or against each other. Uh, she's not a huge gamer, so we'll have to find something that will be fun for both of us and relatively easy for her to pick up. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. I'll announce it. We'll probably do it in like early July uh, when she's like really ready to pop. Um, I, I'm I'm really trying to get back to doing more streams during the weekdays. It's been kind of a weekend thing right now. Um, if you're listening to this the week of E3, I am going to stream the Xbox. I'm going to try to stream the Ubisoft uh, broadcast uh, and, and kind of give my live reactions to those and what happens in them. Um, it's just, I'm just busy Tuesdays. I play volleyball Wednesdays. Um, we have, you know, childbirth classes and we're doing that. Uh, and then Mondays, you know, Mondays, Wednesdays and or Mondays, Thursdays and Fridays. Um, I've been trying to keep up with games a little bit, um, record the podcast. Uh, but I'm also, you know, trying to get our baby's room ready, get the rest of our house ready for the baby to come. Um, and it's just, I'm, I'm kind of stretched thin right now. And, um, 
you know, I hope to get back to a, a normal eventually, even though I suspect, especially once the baby comes, it's going to be more about finding a, a new normal than getting back to the way things used to be. And anyone who's a parent is probably laughing and smiling right now because they realize that I have no idea what is about to happen. And that's fine. Uh, so to wrap it up, um, if you like the podcast, please follow on what, whatever platform you're using. If you're on iTunes, please, please, please rate the podcast and leave a review. If you check it out on YouTube, uh, please follow the channel, subscribe, like the video, comment down below with questions or comments or whatever. Um, I am on Twitch where I try to stream multiple times a week, and I'm on Twitter both as Bond Diesel, uh, where you can also find a bunch of other stuff I do and like to share. And... Um, and that's it. So, until next time.